Hi everyone and welcome to episode 247 of the Mike White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. Yeah. How's things, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too I mean, my, my whole world's been destroyed and turned upside down and every fibre of my being yearns for Luke to come back for, for one more Thunder Bastard of a goal. But apart from that, yeah, fine. Yeah, I've, um, as an adult, I don't think that we've sold someone that's made me this... Sad, and I, I actually, I, from a purely football, emotionless footballing perspective, yeah, fair enough, it's fine. Mm. He won't get in the team. He wants to play. He's ever back to move. But God, I miss him already. <laughs> it's been a couple of days. <laughs> it's when uh... he, when <coughs> well. Did they? I think it was Wednesday morning, wasn't it? When they, when it said he was going for the medical at, at Middlesbrough. Yeah, um... you it was like a week or so ago, wasn't it? Like it might have even been before we got to January. Middles, mm. the interest for Middlesbrough sort of was a thing. But uh, yeah, so, so obviously I knew it was coming up, and then I had I was coaching Wednesday evening, and just before the start of the session was when you sent the the goodbye, the first video. Yeah, and I just looked and went. I can't watch this. I don't need a group of children to see me crying to start that <laughs> practice. Like I, d- I don't, I don't need that. Um, yeah, bless it. Like all the little, every little thing I've seen, whether it's it's that video where he's he's looking straight into the camera, the bit before filming when Liam Cooper comes in to say goodbye, gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Yeah, but just just everything. It's like, ah, oh, Luke. Yeah, I want, I, um... I, want them, I want them to have a, a 2019-2020 team reunion like this summer. And I know it's only four years, but I just want them all back. And Barry Douglas. I want them all back. Well, that's what a lot of people on Twitter have said. That should be Liam Cooper's testimonial. Just get the promotion team back together. Yeah, the promotion yeah. team versus Leeds. Mm. And, you know, you can stick a few others in there if if you want. I was like, going to say, at least Liam Cooper has team, a lot of people to choose from. Yeah. The promotion team remains the promotion team. That just That's who plays in that one. Mm. Cooper plays 45 minutes for each. But if he wants to, you know, if there's a, someone from Chesterfield that he really wants there or whatever, yeah, they can come. Right. <laughs> I'm assuming that on one of the two teams will be Mario Melchior. Yeah, because he is he is, does play in everyone's testimonial. He, from what I understand, is yeah, very nice guy. Everyone wants him there. Um, yeah, it's a great idea. We should get booking this really. Yeah, the only problem is, can you actually see Bielsa being willing to come back? Yes, because it's not about him. Yeah, I suppose maybe that's 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 the angle. But didn't he really not like it when they did that, uh, that like testimonial for Maradona that involved the actual Argentina team? And they like made him pick one real man with Kelme, even though he didn't want to. Ah, <laughs> uh, but, but imagine how good Tyler Roberts will be in that in that testimonial. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll basically we'll just talk about Ailing until we're done talking about Luke Ailing. So we signed him in August 2016, signed by Gary Monk, although by all accounts, he was really signed by Kyle Bartley. <laughs> uh, Kyle Bartley like just said, hey, sign this guy, sign this guy. Is this guy your best mate? Yes, but he's also good. <laughs> he's good, and I can get you a good price. And boy, did we. Uh, I, did, I, think, I, I don't think remember who it was. You I always hear remember. half a million. But the more you look back at the reporting at the time, it was like 200 grand. Yeah, the, and, and to be honest, if it's just in that bracket of 200 to 500,000, you would be hard-pressed in this day and age for to find any team that has gotten more value for money out of a player than we have Luke Ayling for that amount of money. Either, either, either end of that scale, it's a bargain. Yeah. Of of non-free transfers at the end of contracts, 
I don't think that you could find a better deal than that. Mm. As things have been, because I, I mean, I'm also like when we signed him, it was relatively unheralded. Like I was like, oh yeah, I've seen him play for Bristol City, and he's, you know, he seemed alright. But I didn't really think out of it when we signed him. It wasn't the poison dwarf that wanted him out, was it? Uh, I believe it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe uh, I believe Lee wasn't wasn't the thing that they played with a back three and wing backs and he said he can't play in that situation, even though his two best positions would be a wing back on the right and a right centre back in a three. Well Well, you know, he's got sacked a lot. And it got <laughs> And he got sacked twice this season. He's been sacked twice this season. What was it? <laughs> Once from the SPL and then again. And yeah, twice this season, all before Christmas. Yeah, some serious going. Um, and I suppose the timing of him coming in, the start of that 16-17 season under Gary Monk, that is basically the start of the upturn, isn't it? Like we were, that Gary Monk season... I mean, it was seventh that we actually ended up, but we really should have been in the playoffs comfortably. Uh, we won like one of the last six, didn't we, to drop out? So yeah, for for me, obviously this this kind of comes in that period where I wasn't watching Leeds as regularly, and this season was kind of a, a time difference. <laughs> a time difference, a level of a certain level of apathy. Yeah. That made you think I'm not getting up at four in the morning to, to be disappointed. I can disappoint myself from nine o'clock onwards. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and that season was it, it was a very positive season that was followed by a fairly negative season before it all got good again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, like I you, think I'm going to say you can put a lot of that Gary Monk season though. A lot of it is down to us finally having a defence for the first mm. time in a long time. I mean, it's the only time I've heard like a whole back four in a song at Leeds. You know, Luke Ailey and Berardi, probably Jansen, Kyle Bartley. It was... He was good that season and he was fine under... I'll tell you what I didn't remember about the Christensen season. And it is... It, it isn't purely this. Obviously, Christensen wasn't great after a while but I was I was looking it up earlier and like obviously Leeds started that season really well you know top after nine games and stuff and going quite well but I'll just say we were still in the playoff positions and Ailing had been ever present when we faced Nottingham Forest on New Year's Day which was nil-nil he got injured there out for the rest of the season and Leeds won one of 17 Now, obviously, it wasn't just because Ailing was injured, but it does paint that he must have been quite important at that point. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I'm just, sorry, I'm just looking at the team now. It's like looking at something from a different universe. Tumani Diagorak is there. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel to me like. Luke Murphy and Pontus Janssen were around at the same time. Yeah. And no amount of it being a fact is going to convince you otherwise. Yeah. Luke Murphy's also 34. Yeah. That's really upsetting. Um, Can you say, do you know what's more upsetting? Mm hmm. So are you. I, I know that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, baby, be cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, man. Oh, Christ, I'm only four years younger than Pablo Hernandez. Yeah. I look um, significantly younger, I would like to say, than Pablo Hernandez. No, actually, it, pa Pablo Hernandez doesn't even look old, it's just his eyes. If you got rid of if you changed the eyes, it'd, it'd look 26. Um, <laughs> there, there is, as you, as you look through this, this team, the, the core is already there. Like you, you've got Ailing, Cooper, Stuart Dallas, Pontus is coming on loan. Um, we're still not entirely sure what a Calvin Phillips does, but it's there. Well, Christian Christensen is number ten, Calvin Phillips, isn't it? Yeah, um, Gaetano's there. Um, 
so, so yeah, you, you've kind of got the spine of of that team there. Um, and it's just very odd to, to see it in this Gary Monk iteration and um, sort of the fallings out of that. Obviously, the, like at the end of the season, we were crying out to, to keep Kyle Bartley around. Um, yeah, well, I, mean, I know it didn't work out that way, but we absolutely sort of should have if we could have. But didn't mm. he basically did so well that he priced himself out of it, didn't he? Ben Whited himself. Yeah, he did to a lesser extent, but yeah. Um, and obviously Christensen gets sacked halfway through that, and then we get Hecky, which was an unmitigated disaster. Um, but then we get Bielsa. And Luke and Luke Ealing under Marcelo Bielsa was and I don't think there's many ways around this, barring literally, you know, a couple of dips in form that you're going to get with players. He was fucking magic. I mean, I, I know Bielsa very much stuck to an 11. Mm. But like Click, Luke Ayling was just always there. Yeah. Didn't If he was fit, he was playing. Yeah. Um... I th- there will have been absences in there, but I don't remember as many Luke Ayling absences as you do other players. Yeah, well, the the actual promotion season itself, he didn't play much at the start because he got injured in preseason, and Stuart Dallas played right back. Mm. Other than that, although he did have some injuries, that was like the only time in the championship. And then was he injured the start of the second Premier League season as well? I think he might have been. Uh, I mean, he's there. He's obviously there on the opening day because he scores the goal at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know he has his. I mean, at that point, that's when everyone's getting injured. Is that second season? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's when it all falls to bits. Yeah. The way that I always but... play. When it's come up in the pub, just remember Archie Gray's a 17-year-old kid now and he was on the bench in that season. Yeah. <laughs> uh would have been would have would have beaten Peter Lorimer's record if he'd have yeah. played in that game. But, yeah, Ailing under Bielsa, he was just brilliant. Like he was really good on the ball. Obviously, we dominated possession so much that you didn't see you know, he, he, do, he does get skinned a bit too much and stuff like that, but you never saw any of that because we were so busy just dominating the game. And at that point, he was still a lot quicker and just a fucking iron will to win games. I've I've said it a few times, this, but not for a while because it hadn't come up. I have seen players single-handedly drive teams to a win. You know, you see it, it happens and you go, that was a hell of a performance. Ealing, I think, is the only right-back I've seen do it multiple times. Just like, no, you have... Just get fucking full and we're winning this game. Yeah. And obviously, There's loads of games where he was good, but I always come back to the 5-4 at Birmingham. And it's weird because he's a defender and we conceded four goals in that game. So it's weird for, for him to be, like, man of the match. But the second half of that game, he scores the absolute screamer to make it 3-2. Where Patrick Bamford on commentary like turns into a ten year old and goes, oh! <laughs> um, it just remembered his choir training. That's all. Yeah, that's an absolute screamer. They get it to three all, four three. Ailing drives us forward, drives us up the pitch by himself, plays the ball out wide to the left, runs into the box, and he's in like the inside left position. Ball pulled back to him into the into the box, which was probably a poor shot to be honest, but it's where Stuart Dallas makes it. 4-3, 91st minute, Jukovic, 4-4, fuck's sake, we've thrown it away. Who's bombing down the right-hand side to get on the end of Helder Costa's pass and get to the goal line and cross? 95th minute, Luke Ayling, West had no goal to win it. Like, there's three goals in that second half. He scores one, he creates two of them. But just constant will, run forward. No, this is not over, we are going to win this game. He was absolutely phenomenal. And I love that Bamford was on commentary for it. Because, mm. like, you, you've you got... 
it was a, so much less of a professional reaction, <laughs> which made it even better. I mean, I I think for me that his the, the defining Luke Ayling moment will be Swansea of just again mm. just no we, we are basically getting promoted today. It's that, very similar to that Birmingham goal. No, I'm off we go. <laughs> and and I think it sticks with me even more because I remember obviously one it was still locked down. Um so we were all just at home watching LUTV. So you had Brynlaw screaming into an empty stadium. Um that little Spanish wanker who we quite liked still at the time going mad in the stands on his own. And then and, you just and Matthew Jones on Cocons. Yeah, Matthew Jones. Love Matthew Jones. Always always <laughs> been a big fan of his. Um but yeah, and, and obviously you're just seeing everyone pile into this corner and you can hear because there's no one there, you could just hear them shouting in jubilation. Mm. But then it was the next day seeing seeing him while I was doing a food shop at MS, limping his way around the shop. And just thinking, and like I I went up to him and just said, Thank you. Like it was just it was it was amazing. And he like he was walking the same way I walk at any time after I played a five aside. But obviously he's a professional athlete who's yeah. I'm assuming has a genuine injury. Yeah. Whereas he'd um, just run himself into the floor and yeah. probably was carrying about four injuries at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so you're just watching this this man who yeah, the day before sort of put in this absolute lung busting last minute run that's set up the goal to, to basically get us it back into the Premier League. And then he's got to go walk around MS and buy a salad because he'll probably get him weighed the next day. Yeah. <laughs> um you see, I mean obviously that one probably is set that's it's either second. It's probably second or third on my ailing list because I still, it, although he drove us to that, that's the Pablo moment. Hmm. <laughs> Whereas the Birmingham one is the one that I always think of as the ailing moment. Um, I think that's the one of the loads you could go for. Like, I think that's the annoying thing for me is that obviously he's, he scored some absolute worldies, and the one I was there for was against Scum, which. Obviously, given the result, kind of gets a little bit lost. Yeah. Um, well, they got their second and third within about five minutes of his equalising, haven't they? Yeah, we we had hope for all of all of uh, yeah, hundred and twenty seconds. Yeah, but um, it was an unbelievable strike, though. Yeah. It, yeah, it was uh, it was brilliant. It's and and then again, it, for me, just watching. Sort of like the the Huddersfield game at seven in the morning, still in bed, because that you know that's what I had to do to watch Leeds games at that point. Yeah, um, you know it, it's I, I just love that man. It it yeah. was great. He was he he was the second best shithouser behind Matthias Click. They're, they're separate things. <laughs> like click shithouser is its own thing. Ailing, yeah. I love that in like the tribute videos they put in like five or six ailing flops in a row. Yeah. <laughs> what's yeah, this? Just... I'm what's this? I'm facing my own corner flag, and someone's barely touched the back of me. Yeah. I best go down. Yeah. It's one of them where when it's for you, it's clever defending, it's good game management, all of that stuff. Against you, you'd be fuming. But it, it's it's the amount of times you just caught him because he'd always have his arms out in front of him. And there's just a little look up. And it's a step away from just winking at the crowd. Just mm. we all know, don't we? We all know. He was just re- he's just really good at timing it because he doesn't like there's only been a couple of times you ever see it not given. Mm. Because he doesn't dive, he just waits and backs in and like just goes, You are gonna put your hands on me, and then I'm gonna go down. And yeah, it's soft as fuck, but we're gonna give it every time. Yeah. Um I mean there's there's a few great there's a few more great individual bits that we have to talk about. The last last game before 
COVID, the volley against Huddersfield. Um, just to add, what a fucking goal. That is like Luke Van Persie ailing. Obviously, not Scum Van Persie, because fuck him, but the one at Arsenal that's got a volley at Charlton. In terms of technique, it's not as far out, but it's a similar thing. Getting up so the ball's so high up when he strikes it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I love that technique because it's just... It, it's so unconventional because you, you're not quite turning side on for for like a bicycle kick or anything like that, but you just seem to... It, it Your body moves akin to something out of martial arts to, to yeah. get to the ball <laughs> and generate the power that it does. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the comparison to that Van Persie goal is, is, is absolutely spot on. Yeah, and um, and he's even got the ponytail out, <laughs> which I believe is a, there's a Billy Banks here of that as well, which is yeah. which is great. Uh, the the sort of two more that I'll think I'll bring up one I'll bring up as two together really. Um, Wolves away back to back seasons, same day of the year. Back to back um, celebrations. Yeah, the back to back celebrations. Pulling out the Robbie Keane twice was a. Uh, was pretty great. Uh, obviously, you know, the one in the second one, it's head of a corner completely unmarked with bouncing ball. But the one in the 3-2 win, the season will stay up. Uh, uh, when we've well, been 2-0 down. down. That's a, um, it's an unbelievable... That, that's one of the most I've celebrated a TV goal. Well, we because we were all out for that one, weren't we? We were at Brotherhood for, for that first yeah, game. Yeah, because we were off out on piss, weren't we, that night? And it was... Yeah. Uh, um, so, was, it Friday, was it a Friday game, man, or was it like a weird one of them weird like Saturday really late kickoffs? It might have been one of the late Saturdays. Yeah, because I remember because it, it, it's a very rare occasion. My girlfriend is there for any Leeds game. It's just not for her. Yeah, but um, the, the atmosphere, how quickly it turned from. Oh my god, we, we are absolutely getting relegated here. This is this is dreadful too. Just... It, it was a Friday night game, by the way. Was it a Friday? Okay. Yeah, I've checked. Um, to just the just the joy of that turnaround. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obviously your missus doesn't really come to football, and she sort of managed to get in because it was so amazing. But I mean, my sister and my niece were there. I mean, my sister cares a little bit. My niece doesn't care at all, and suddenly she did that day. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was a. It, it, it gives you. It, he's a. Obviously, over seven and a half seasons at Leeds, he has been consistently overall very good, but he is a moments player. Mm. He gave you big mo. Like um, I haven't got it. I haven't got a note of it here, but the um the three two against Millwall. Where uh, where Barry Douglas plays the second half on one leg, and Douglas cross for the ailing header to make it to all. Like he's got so many of them. Uh, an underrated one actually, which is probably probably the last one because we've done half a podcast here probably <laughs> on just on Luke Ailing, which is much less than he deserves. By the way, he deserves four hours. Um, an underrated one. Uh, it was just like a bit of a scrappy one in in the box. Well, actually, it, I'm going to choose to believe that it was a pass to him rather than a miss hit shot. But the uh, left footed one that he scored, one nil home win against Bristol City against his old club, where he runs over towards like the away fans holding the Leeds badge. Uh, that one, that's it's one of one. It's not the biggest one. It's not the best goal he ever scored, but. It seemed like you could tell by the look at his face. He was like, "Yes, some fucking vindication." <laughs> you can you can see he had that part. Stick that in your cider. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> small. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, the other side of it as well with, with him was, um, like you'd hear some of the some of the interviews he would give post game. Mm. Was there was the the forest was forest away. Mm. Forest one is the famous one when we uh it was like roughly the Christmas period and we'd got like one point from four games or something. 
that's the that's the one we sort of lost it at the end, throwing everyone forward as well. We've gone, have oh, we gone no. down to ten men and no, that's a that's a different game. That's the year before. Is that the year before? Because that because Jack Clark scores the equaliser to make it yeah. one all, and, that. and obviously the promotion season, Clark back in on loan and then back away. Back no, away. this one we just got beat two 0 and like deservedly so. Yeah, and he came out after the game and just gave like a really honest. He just sounded like a fan. He was like, you could tell he wanted to say, "Look, we might." There was a bit of him thinking we fucked this, and a bit of him thinking, "No, we haven't." There's loads of time. Yeah, sorry, I'm just looking at the fixtures from from that point of the season. So obviously, from the opening day till the 10th of December, we'd only lost three games, hmm. drawn four, won the rest. So off to Brilliant start, and then from there was the, the wobble comes at it comes in that Cardiff game the three all. And yeah, from, where we were where we were three nil up and strolling. Yeah. Um, so from from there we go through to the eleventh of February, and we only win. You know, you so you basically gone two months in that time, and you've only won two games. So, so it's looking precarious at that point. Um, and yeah, I just remember listening to to that interview post game where it was you just there thinking like, Christ, if we if we if we bottled it, have have they lost their heads here? Yeah. Um, and it, and. It, it, it's quite it's quite nice that even in those that even in a situation like that you're not listening to a media trained robotic response to that game like you you could feel how much it was hurting so it's certainly him at that point and he see and he did seem to be speaking for the dressing room yeah <coughs> well obviously like you know he's a something like I'm guessing he probably grew up an Arsenal fan because he was just I don't know, but he was in the academy and stuff, so maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But you can tell when he talks about Leeds that it's got him, and he gets it. Mm. He is, he is, a, he's Leeds now. Um, and that because uh, was the, was the game after that the one all away at Brentford, where yeah, yeah it was one all, but they were the ones that looked like they were going to win everything because we were dropping off, and. Even though it was one all, we outplayed them and we were and their goal was a massive goalkeeping mistake as well, if I remember rightly. No, not at that point for Leeds. <laughs> I am but shocked what, by this. And that seemed to get us the confidence back. Because that's also the game where didn't uh wasn't Liam Cooper's kid being born and he like they said, No, don't you don't need to play and he said, No, I'm going down and he came flying down afterwards and scored the goal and Yeah. Because we had, we just had God I cannot believe how likable that team was. Um what just all over, yeah. Um, but no, Ailing has been just a fucking outstanding servant. And as I said, like, yeah, he's going, I'm sad he's gone, but I understand the reasons why, and it's fine. And basically, Farker in the press conference said the same thing. Ailing said, Look, I, I want to go play football, and Farker said, Okay, yeah, Ailing has earned that right. If, if he thinks the best thing to do is go play football and it's Middlesbrough, so he won't have to move house or anything, he can still keep his family settled and he can just drive up the motorway. You know, if he wants to go, that's out, good luck. Other than, you know, so long as you don't do, so long as Middlesbrough don't do better than Leeds, I hope you do as well as possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked the way Fark answered that question that, you know that his his loyalty had earned him to to make this choice. Um, I, I mean, I still think realistically, looking at the way Farkas chosen that team, that even with our uh, major shortage of fullbacks at this point, Gray and, and Shackleton are, are still ahead of him in, in Fark's pecking order. Yeah, definitely. So, According to Fark, absolutely. And if we're just going off the last couple, the last sort of 12 to 18 months of form. I can't particularly disagree. Yeah, it's um you know, it's sad, but but again it's 
the, the the right thing is happening for him. It's it's the right thing for Leeds. Um, not that I think having another six months of Luke Ayling being around but not involved would be a bad thing because. Oh no! I, I wish he was playing till the end of the season. I think it would have been good to have him till the <clears> end of the season. Like I don't, I don't think he's going to be the sort of player that's going to be dragging others down because he's not involved. No. Um, most of those are out on loan. Um, they'll be back in the summer. Um, hopefully, FM's, hopefully, FM's realistic, and in the summer, Al Ackley and Al Hilal and Al <laughs> come in and buy all of them. Yeah. Um, no, you you really just want him to do as as well as he can and just not beat us. Yeah, that's basically it. But he's he's been outstanding servant for us. Uh, we'll go down. Pe- people don't like you saying stuff about players being Leeds legends when they haven't won stuff right like at the top level. But very few people have at Leeds. And I, I definitely it's the same at most clubs. I, I, I don't yeah. think. I, you know, yes. Th- th- when your comparison point is is the Revy team, it it's it's a tough one because they they were the best of the best. Yeah. But if you're but, what, thirty-seven or younger, you don't remember ninety-two. Yeah. Like for for me and you as 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 fans, that the the best the best it got was not winning the chi- not getting to the final of the Champions League and finishing third, like yeah. that 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 was the most success we'd seen. And I've uh, I've said on here, and I said it at the time it was happening, that promotion team. I said it at the time. I enjoyed watching Bielsa's Leeds in the Championship more than I enjoyed watching us in the Champions League. Yeah. I loved watching us in the Champions League. It was phenomenal. But I was a kid and you know I was 10 and I was just going oh look at us we're mixing it with the big boys this is great but on an actual just the football I was watching and how much I was enjoying watching it I've never enjoyed mm. anything in football I don't think as much as watching that Bielsa Leeds team no and and and, and some of that is to do with time as well that the yeah. English game had was that there were a couple of teams in England who played football it was mo- it was mostly Arsenal, and <laughs> and then we booted it down the right wing. Yeah, is, is what no, we did. Yeah, and it was good and it worked. I have I really enjoyed that as well. But Luke Ayling is a major part of my my favourite Leeds team hmm. because it'd be disingenuous for me to say, "Oh, it's for every team," because I wasn't alive. I respect them all immensely, but it's not. It's never going to be mine because no, I wasn't there. It is the Grayson promotion team. Yeah. We're, to- yeah, that we're was talking great Collins and Watts. <laughs> Aussie and the Straub. <laughs> uh, so Aileen's last match came on in the 78th minute for Jamie Shackleton in a 3-0 win over Peterborough in the FA Cup, which I guess at the 33-and-a-half-minute mark of the podcast, we can now uh, talk a little bit about football. Yeah, we won 3-0, two goals were fine, and uh, Patrick Bamford scored an absolute worldie. So, Saturday. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is weird, isn't it, having like a completely, re- like basically stress-free just win in the FA Cup third round. That's not the sort of thing we do. It's followed by, followed by a home tie. I know. I mean, I, uh, they, they must have just decided, no, we're going to have to give them one here. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> Beat the record, that'll do. Um, like in this game, we were really good early. We pre- pressed them, just won the ball high. Archie Gray missed a really good chance. Bamford missed a really good chance. Uh, and they, then they, Joe... had, they, they had a few early on, didn't they, of, of trying to play it out of the back and just completely misreading the pass. Obviously, there's the Archie Gray one's a, a, a straight line pass from the keeper. Yeah, just, just t- doesn't t- go away. to anyone. <laughs> um, there's another one about five minutes before that where it's the ball played ahead of the defenders and there is just no midfielder within about seven yards of the ball. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like Ampadu that just steps up and, and wins it. Um, I, th- I, th- I think for the first time in a long time, you can say just like a thoroughly professional cup win from Leeds of just turning up against a lower league side who... 
are, are going well and just being better than them because we are. Yeah, that is what it was. Um, Peterborough did just start getting into the game a bit in the first half. They started to find a bit of confidence. Basically, they started being able to get the ball to that Mason Clark on the left wing, who was their standout by a distance. Really, you know, drove at us, gave us some trouble. And then just as they were really starting to get going, free kick crossed in. Weirdly, I think that there was a whistle in the crowd because the like whistle went just as Jaden Anthony was about to take the free kick, but I think it had already gone before that. <coughs> sort of did throw off the Peterborough players a bit, but, you know, if one team's awake, both teams should be awake. Bamford yeah. chests it down. I'd love to say to Ampadu, but I think it was for himself. Uh, Ampadu sort of left foot strike into the ground, but scores. Nice to see Ampadu get one because he looked like someone who's never going to score a goal in his life. I, I mean, I talked about that on the last podcast, I think. From the shooting I have seen from that man, I could have I could have put a fiver on never seeing him score a Leeds goal. Yeah. And you know what? Having seen his shooting for most of this season, I still could for the rest of his career, to be honest. <laughs> it, it wouldn't shock me if this is it. Um, I'll tell you what, just to get it out of the way, he also scored a second late on Dan James' corner, Ampadu heads it in, completely unmarked. Leeds at the worst levels of corner defending. There just wasn't any. So early in the second half, <laughs> the most Leeds, ludicrous, the most ludicrous thing that happened in this game. Leeds knocking it about in midfield, nothing really. Lay it back to Ampadu, who plays a very nice long ball up to Bamford because we have a proper lead the line number nine in the side. He jumps up, takes a really good touch on his chest. The defender, I'd love to say, he, he sort of he was two yards away anyway, but he slips, which gives Bamford some time. However, Bamford doesn't know he has time because when is he going to get a chance to look? So as the ball's dropping, he just smashes a volley first time from about 25, 30 yards into the top corner and scores like an absolute thunder bastard of a goal. The noise that I made watching it was a bit like that Bamford noise I did earlier in the podcast. <laughs> it was a bit, oh! <laughs> I, as soon as he started turning, you're just like, he's going to hit this. Yeah. This this man, this man who I'm not who I'm not confident as a, as a former Premier League striker to hit a ball from 12 yards has decided, no, I'm turning and hitting this. Just the the contact is fantastic. The the technique is brilliant because the ball's well, it, fairly close to him as well. Yeah. Just the whole thing is is amazing, and you just didn't expect any of it at all. Yeah. Me, you, Willie Nonto, none of us saw it coming. Archie Gray, <laughs> <laughs> going full Kevin McAllister about it. I don't the, know uh, if he's older than Kevin McAllister yet. No, well, I mean, he, he isn't. <laughs> that that film was in the nineties. Um, <laughs> No, but the um, it's such an amazing goal. Like, legitimately, I don't know if it'll win it, but it'll be on the shortlist for the Puskas Award, you'd think. Yeah, I, I, the one thing I quite liked is it, it, there was the BBC vote for the goal of the third round. And obviously, open vote. So there is a, there is a lot of you thinking, are people just going to vote for their favourite. It was like 81% Patrick Bamford. Yeah. It was really nice to see that people just looked and went, no, that's that's a bit special, is that? Yeah. By the way, just on the subject of public votes, something I forgot to bring up about Luke Ayling. Uh, he won the uh, PFA Fans Player of the Year for the 2019-20 season, which, again, was a fan <laughs> vote because he beat Ollie Watkins and Alexander Mitrovic. Leads that. Leads that. Um, and I and I would say rightly so, um, but no, it's an unbelievable goal. He, well, I mean, he, he was he, he played well in the league game. We said he should stay in because it's not like he's had loads of minutes. He continues to be someone who should stay in the side. Uh, but w just what a goal! Have it goes into that list, you know, when you think of the great goals you've seen. Yeah. It is in that list. I love this. There's that angle that's the camera's behind him and slightly off to the side. 
the, the low the, one from the far end of the pitch. The fan, the fans who who clock for what's what's about to happen. Mm. Every, those people who, who just get up that second before everyone else has, has realised. Just, I, I yeah. absolutely love that. There was one angle that I saw. It's one of the only ones where you can see the people fans. And to be fair, there's a load of them just going, just. <laughs> Because what else can you do? All you can do is go off. Oh, like the Peterborough Twitter account just said, 2-0 leads. To be fair, it's about as good a goal as you're ever going to see. Patrick Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that, that the, you don't get the many route, of them. The route you, you, the route you go with that is either, that's one of the, you know, it's as good a goal as you'll ever see, or Patrick Bamford shins one over our goalkeeper. Like, yeah. you, you go really petty with it for yeah. no reason. You have to go, oh, well, you know, as defender slip, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you don't you don't get many of them where you just there's no there's no anger, there's no nothing. All you can do is just go off some rate goal. Yeah. You, you you get a couple of them. It's not even one a season, it's one every few seasons where the opposition scores a goal and you just have to go, ah, can't do all about that. Mm. And this was one of them. It's an unbelievable goal. And I'm so pleased for Bamford. Well done him, because I know a lot of players that if they have scored that, they'd have gone fucking mental with their celebration afterwards. Yeah, I, I'm I'm quite happy he didn't cup his ears. Yeah, it's much. It's it, way it cooler was, if you don't make a big deal out of it. It was. It was very. It was just like, yeah, that's that's what I do. I almost wish you'd have just jogged back to the halfway line, <laughs> like not even celebrate. Just go. Yeah, what what were you expecting? That's that's what I do. I am an in, I am an England international centre forward. 1950 style, just shaking hands with his teammates as they go past. Like, yeah. well, well done, sir. Well done. But yeah, it was just an absolute world either goal. And here's a goal from Patrick of the Bamford family. Yeah. He will go home and play the cello to celebrate. I, I don't know if that parody Bamford thing is still going, but I dare say it, uh, yeah. it had a bit of a field day if it is. <laughs> um, there's... To be honest, because we've done so long and alien stuff, I haven't really been thinking about doing the short news, but uh Dako JB's gone on loan to Plymouth. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's a championship club so long as he plays. Yeah, it's has he really played elsewhere? Like I know obviously he, he hasn't really had much first team football and he needs it. Yeah, I was, that's why I was a bit little bit surprised that it's it's to Plymouth, to be honest. I, I, I was kind of expecting the League One team to to be the one to take a punt on him, but fair, you know, fair play if if Plymouth seems to think he could be part of the squad. Yeah, they have also lost like two centimetres already in January because mm. uh, that thin Azaz has been got recalled from his loan by uh, Villa and then immediately sold to Middlesbrough. Um, and is that where they, they've lost someone else as well, and I can't remember right now off the top of my head who it was. But they, hopefully, because they've lost those players, it'll mean he'll get a real shot. Um, there was one other like sort of newsworthy thing, other than transfer links out of Fark's press conference, which was Charlie Cresswell. Um, I mean, Charlie. it sounds. I have absolutely no issues with him being pissed off about not playing. Players should be pissed off about not playing. But by the way Fark was talking, it sounds like he hasn't gone about that in the best way. Yeah. One of the things in these in these press conferences, when when Farker does talk about something, he does he does appear to be quite blunt about them when he when he is addressing them. Um and and, and I think it's talk about how he, he play you know, he plays with his head down at the moment and so he's basically said he's not in he's not in the right place. Um, well, I mean, it's weird that he said Strauch is still out, Cooper's probably out, Charlie Cresswell will not be playing. Like, you know, two, two, two centre-backs out and it's not even a consideration. Now, he also said that, like, Leeds rate him, we do not want to sell him, but if there were some terms agreed that were agreeable, that it would probably happen. Now, I'm assuming that means a loan. Because he's even if he's been disruptive and stuff, he's still a good young player with like four and a half years left on his contract. Offering, I can't remember if it was a four or five year deal that he signed in the summer. And, but and like, 
And he could do with getting the first team football. And I don't know if at this point he needs to drop down to to League One to to get well, a bit of confidence. He's definitely good enough to play in the championship. We saw that last year. I, I think I think he probably is. I, I think I don't know if at this point it's more a confidence thing of one the the amount of football he has played and and two with where his head is. Is it is it better for him to go to a decent League One club? And like dominate games. Yeah, um, you know, you, you look, you look online, and obviously, you you will have seen him more than, than I have. Into and um, I know he's not played for us a whole lot, but you've been there when he's played like the West Ham game and things like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, in 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 his brief appearances, he's, he's always looked at least solid. Um, yeah, I know there's. I mean, I know there's I... Before all of this stuff came out, I, I, I still, even with all of this, I still aren't really sure why we didn't play him against Peterborough. Yeah, like, I, it, unless the plan is no, we actually we took we're talking it down. We've already agreed alone, and they didn't want him cup tied. That's really the only thing I can go up with because even if he has been head down and stuff. It, uh, to me, it would have been a look. This is your chance. Take it. And if you don't, yeah, then... I mean, one of the things that because I, I know he he looked a bit shaky at the start of this season, but the, the the flip side to that is we were a team in turmoil the first five games this season. Yeah, I I can understand why players weren't exactly at their best when you were still when you were starting the season and there was now people turn choosing not to turn up turning choosing not to play people being thrown in presumably at the last minute in games so it's probably not the ideal circumstances to be coming in at um the 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 other side to it is at this point he, him needing to understand that he is behind Pascal Strauch, who's who's been at the club for years and has been a first choice defender pretty much since we got into the Premier League, um, and Joe Roden, who is a, a much more experienced centre back and is playing really well. Yeah, like that's that's the thing. That's why I can understand him not play. Obviously, I get being frustrated. But Joe Roden's been really good. And Cresswell will most most of the time, I know they can all play both sides to an extent, but he would be the right centre-back option if he was going to be involved. And mm. Joe Roden's been really good. I understood him being a bit frustrated like when Roden was suspended and he played Strauch and Cooper. I can, I can understand him getting frustrated with that because I wouldn't have done that. I'd have kept a left-right partnership and I'd have played Cresswell. But sometimes managers don't pick you and you've got to go about it the right way. It's similar to with Cody Drama. Like, I understand why he was pissed off. I can completely get my head around it, but it sounds like he didn't always go about it in the best way as well. And I actually think that Drama, had probably, Drama probably had a better argument than Charlie Cresswell does hmm. in terms of the situation he was in and the players ahead of it. Because he was be, not getting a look in when players who weren't playing well were keeping him out of the side. Whereas with Charlie Cresswell, players who are playing well are keeping him out of the side. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. Like, as do you not think Patrick Bamford will have been fucking fuming all year? When he wasn't mm. playing. And he's trained hard and got his chance. And then when he's got his chance, he's took it. Are you saying he should have bleached his hair? Yes. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Christopher Klassen. Waited, took his chance, kept two clean sheets. Yeah, back should outside. All be, we should all <laughs> we should be watching that Romania team. Basically, they should all have blue hair. Um, but no, uh, I reckon if Leeds can get a centre back in alone, is probably the best bet. There's been some links to Chris Meppham. I don't know if they're right or not, or whether it's just because you know there seems to be a bit of a story with a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the players we are linked with, and it just seems to be, you know, are they some good? Do they play for Wales? 
does seem to be a, a lot of the media stories. Uh, we've been linked, Phil Hayes linked us with uh, Ben Johnson from West Ham, who can play centre-back, also can play left-back and right-back, I think. He can play all of them. Uh, not getting a look in, would probably be available for loan, and he's out of contract at the end of the season. One of the players that, like, if when we've been just spitballing in the pub, sort of came up as a name because it sort of makes sense. Uh, I mean, I'd be up for that as a signing, but I, I can only see Cresswell going if we get another centre back. But the truth is, if he is, if Fark is not going to give him a look in anyway, you may as well send him out on loan. Like, yeah. if he's just decided, even when the other centre back's out fit, he's not playing, we're just going to drop Ampadu back, which I assume is what we're going to do on Saturday. It's a, a, and probably the same with Pielder as well. But at this point, yeah. it, it probably I, Again, I know it's good for the twenty ones, but Pielder is already past that now. Like, yeah, I must say he's another one where don't get me wrong, it went fine in the FA Cup, so I'm not calling it digging anyone out for it. But it seems weird to me that he wasn't involved in that squad. Yeah. Um, we. Originally, we were going to talk a bit about that Justin Nance interview with Simon Jordan, but the truth is we've both had really busy work weeks and neither one of us had time to listen to it yet. Uh, so we may talk about that on a different pod. We probably just won't because the time will have gone by then. Uh, but it seemed like basically a lot of people were really fuming with him because he seemed to refuse to take any responsibility whatsoever, which sounds about right. He said that... Leeds would have had a better chance of staying up if they wouldn't have sacked him. In hindsight, that's probably right because Grassi and Allardyce were both shit. But I think we'd have had a better chance of staying up if he'd have been sacked before the World Cup. So, hmm. basically, he comes off... You know, he probably comes off well if you're not a Leeds fan because he's a good talker. But because we paid loads of attention to it, you'll notice every little bit of bullshit he spins. So you'll get annoyed at that. As a, as a guy I used to coach with in America who went to um, a seminar by Jesse Marsh recently, and I have so many questions. Yeah. I, I mean, having seen the transcripts for, you know, from the one a year ago, uh, I, I have a rough idea how it would have gone. But uh, I can only imagine if, you, if you're if you sat there listening to some of the stuff he says as a Leeds fan, you, you'd just be there going, I, I have some questions. Yeah, like, like how how did how did David Beckham get so good at crossing when there was really no need for for wingers? Yeah, because the goal's in the middle. Where where was he putting the ball, Jesse? Where was he putting the ball? Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, Cardiff away tomorrow at three o'clock. Um. We've already, we've, I didn't realize what time it was. We'll uh, get through this relatively quickly. They're pretty standard for 4 2 3 1 in the same way we are. They're doing so much better than I thought they were doing. Yeah. They're like last few games, they, they won at QPR, got beat by Leicester, which is fair enough. Drew with Plymouth, beat Chef Wednesday, which is actually a better achievement than you'd think because Wednesday have picked up, although Chef Wednesday did battle them 4-0 in the FA Cup. We've got beat 3-0 away at Cardiff. Lost but... Birmingham. Oh, wow. is that is that the, is that like they actually got beat by by uh, Rooney's Birmingham? Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Oh. No. no, but they're like they're ninth in the league. They're doing fairly well. Uh, given their squad, I'd say ninth is about about as well as they could be expecting to do. Yeah, I I feel like I tip. Should I tip them to go down? Um, I, I will. I will find this. You you keep. As, as it goes, I have that open in a tab ready for the predictions later, so I can find out. Oh, okay. But your bottom three, Casey, were Stoke, QPR, and Rotherham. Oh, okay. No, fine. So no, so it's not looking you, great either. No. Um, but yeah, they their team there isn't loads to it. Like, you know, I'm just looking for it and there's nothing that really jumps out. Like Josh Bowles is a pretty good player. Matt Rubin Colwell's rated pretty highly. Perry and G will probably play right back. Everyone says it's Perry and G, and I always wonder because I'm sure that like that I don't know where his family are from because I'm sure that's pronounced Ang. 
because there's a there yeah. might be a song called that, Anna Ann that is spelled like that. That's that. It's the way I've heard it on commentary is NG. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely obviously on commentary. But um, I'm looking through that squad, and there's nothing really. There's nothing jumping out and scaring you. Uh, I mean, they've still they've still got Adam Ramsey, but he's only made six appearances this season, so unsurprisingly, it looks like he's been struggling with injuries. He's, he's, I mean, they've got, they, they have got Carl and Grant, and if he's fit, he's a good player. I like Carl and Grant. Um, yeah, it's... I'm sorry, I'm just looking at a picture of Ruben Colwell there wearing a, wearing a Wales kit and just assume we'll be signing him soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they've got um, that Callum Robinson as well. And he, he's <laughs> quite a good player. And he's, he's got previous for playing well against us. Mm. Uh, but I suppose the, the big thing for us is like, what are we going to look like for this game? Um, let's say, assuming, based on what Farker said, I'm going to assume that Cooper isn't going to be fit because that's what it sounded like. Yeah. So I think just it's whether you think they'll be out different from this. Mel, he said 100% Melier will start unless he gets injured or something. Uh, so probably Gray at right back, Roden and Ampadu. Centre backs, Furpo left back, Kamara and Gruev in middle, and then James Wright, some of the left little behind Bamford. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think where. The, the mean, argument there's... would be Shackleton plays right back and Gray moves into midfield for probably Gruev. Yeah. <coughs> Apologies. Um, yeah. I thought Gluev did enough against Peterborough to keep his place, so I'd, I'd probably stick with him. Yeah, I think I think it was a fairly quiet game for him, but I think a lot of his thing was just recycling possession, wasn't it? it was just picking the yeah. ball up deep, give it to someone else. Um, yeah, he was fine. I'd, I'd be fine with that. It was, it was quite nice that Kamara got a, a, got a break in that one as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, do you, so. So it's really the, the, in terms of the the front four, it's whether Peru starts or not. Yeah, and I don't think he will. I think Bamford will keep his place. I, I actually the, think he should. So, so you're thinking Somerville, Somerville, Jorginho, Dan James, Pat Bamford. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'd be surprised if unless there's a knock or anything to anyone, I'd be surprised if it's other than that. I think Bamford's done more than enough in the last two games to keep his place. I, I mean, Piro have always scored a few goals. The last, the sort of three games before we got, before we dropped out of the side, he wasn't great at all. Hmm. So it's fair, it's fair enough. And having Piro as a, an option to come on, I'm perfectly happy with him. Bamford is much better as a ninety-minute player than he is off the bench. So we're, yeah, we're... I, I, I didn't think it worked particularly well. Piru and Bamford on the pitch together during that Peterborough yeah. game. No, like, I thought Piru was fine in that game, but like, don't get me wrong. If when he's when he's fully on it, he is the best goal scorer we've got. Hmm. But we aren't seeing that at the minute. So yeah, I'd, I'd stick with Bamford. Um, I, for what it's worth, I haven't. I, I have just got a message back off him as well. But Alex has just jumped into the chat to let us know that he's going for a three-one win. Uh. And uh, Connie has got in touch with me as well. He said 2-0 win. As always lately, Leeds do better when I don't predict a win, so I've gone for a one all draw. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 win. I am more than willing to drop a few points and have us keep winning. That works fine for me. But no, we... Um, you know, it's one of them. It's the sort of game that we should win. And you just... Pretty much with every Leeds game lately, you're just hoping for an early goal. You feel like if we get an early goal, we'll be all right. Yeah. Um, and again, when I'm, you look, look at I'm the... looking at their sort of expected, you know, back four and holding mids and just thinking, if he can get Rutter on the ball, I think he's going to have a field there. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, I would fancy us in this. Like you say, it's just that concern again make get a goal in the first half and I think we'll be fine yeah also I've only well, just realised I've, I've just realised who their goalkeeper is 
and that run Arson yeah. after his um, one one fleeting appearance for Arsenal, and they thought, yeah. oh no. No, no, no. Well, I don't, I don't know if he's injured or they just don't normally pick him, but uh, the expected lineup has a uh, Jack Anik in goal. Uh, I suppose he's only made six appearances, run Arson, so yeah, potentially. Yeah. yeah, but again, it shouldn't particularly matter. But that will uh, do us for episode 247 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm glad that I've given it, I'll, when I upload it and everything onto the actual podcast feed, I will keep the, the simple title of just thank you, Luke Ayling, and not talk about anything else that's on the show. Because let's be right, that's the main thing from this one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, hope, hopefully Ayling does brilliantly and hopefully he's happy because that's the main thing that we're hoping for. So, uh, I've been Jack, see you. I'm in KC, have a good one.